Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I heard about this swift network for banks so it's how banks talk to each other why is this such a big deal and what does it have to do with cryptocurrency let's help you know a little more about swift swift stands for the society for worldwide interbank financial telecommunication s-w-i-f-t it's a cooperative that's important we'll talk about that later based in belgium that is co-owned by 2,000 financial institutions and has more than 11,000 financial institutions participating in it. It was founded back in 1973, so it's just a little younger than the internet, and the first message was sent on the SWIFT network in 1977. Now, before SWIFT, when one bank wanted to make a transaction with another bank, a written message had to be sent by something called Telex. Some of you remember Telex. There was not a clear standard for such messages, and they could often be open to misinterpretation. Also, Telex was not exactly secure. It was pretty open. So, First National City Bank of New York, FNCB, created a protocol that it hoped would become a standard. However, a lot of FNCB's competitors didn't really want FNCB to have all that influence over global finance. So 239 banks in 15 countries got together to create SWIFT in order to create a standard for the creation and transmission of financial messages. Now, over time, SWIFT has grown from being just payments in transfers to accommodate things like securities and currency exchanges, derivatives and compliance reporting and anti-money laundering, and pretty much all types of financial services. 45% of SWIFT is still used for payment-based messages. 49% is actually used for securities, and the other 6% is everything else. So it's really mostly about securities and payments still. It's important to understand that SWIFT is simply messaging about the transactions. It's not the actual settlement, quote unquote. Settlement is uh, the actual moving of the money or the security from one holder to another. Messaging is the agreement of what's going to go where. So really think about SWIFT as three main things. It's a standard for financial messages that helps avoid confusion, a secure network for transmitting those messages, and then the software and services for using that network to send and receive those messages. So it's the messages, the network, and the way to send them. How does this all work at practice? Well, apologies to financial professionals for the inevitable oversimplification that I am about to engage in. 
let's say I live in Toronto. I'm going to make up banks. These are not real banks. Uh, but let's say I want to send $5,000 to a company in Seoul, right? This is a business transaction. I get the account number of the person in Seoul, the company in Seoul, and I go to my bank and I tell them that I want to send money to that account number at Seoul City Bank. Well, Bank of Toronto uses the SWIFT code of Seoul City Bank and sends a message there saying that my account number at SWIFT code of Bank of Toronto wants to send $5,000 to the account number at the SWIFT code of Seoul City Bank. Seoul City Bank then takes that information and does all the bank things that you need to do to credit that money to their account, clearing, settlement, what have you. Again, apologies for the oversimplification to the financial professionals. SWIFT is just the way the banks agree to communicate securely about these transactions. The actual moving of the money happens separately, but it doesn't happen without that message. So if you're like me, you're probably curious about those SWIFT codes. They are kind of like airport codes. The first four characters of a SWIFT code are the institution, like the bank. The next two are the country code, so it's a bank in this country. The next two after that are the location, usually a city, and then the optional last three are used to designate an individual branch if the bank needs to do this. For example, the SWIFT code for the Citibank branch at Canary Wharf in London, England is CITI for Citibank, GB for Great Britain, 2L, which is the location in London, and CB2, which is the branch at Canary Wharf, CITI, GB, 2L, CB2. That's the SWIFT code for the Citibank branch at Canary Wharf in London. Okay, SWIFT runs a network to help banks talk to each other about moving money and stuff around. Great. Who profits, you're asking yourself? It's banking after all, right? Who's the big fat money bags in the top hat? How do they get their cut? Come on, Merritt, tell me this stuff. Well, SWIFT is what's called a cooperative society. Remember, I mentioned that at the top. So it's co-owned by its members, and its purpose is to maintain the service, not turn a profit for shareholders. It doesn't have that same fiduciary duty of a public company. So in practice, it's managed by the National Bank of Belgium in partnership with major central banks like the Bank of England and U.S. Federal Reserve, but its purpose is to operate the SWIFT network, not to enrich its shareholders. SWIFT makes its money to pay for its operation by charging members annually and also a per-message charge based on type and length. It also sells business intelligence services based on analysis of its data. So what happens if a bank is not a part of SWIFT? Is it illegal to not use SWIFT? Can't you just have two banks get together themselves and say, ah, forget these fees, let's just send money to each other? Well, SWIFT is entirely voluntary. It's not against the law to negotiate with each other, but it's so widespread and it solves real problems. And if you don't use it, it's difficult, slow, and more expensive. So the banks that don't use it usually don't do so by choice. It's usually because they're prevented from doing so by some political measure or other, usually sanctions. And that's happened to Iranian and Russian banks, among others. But why do the banks need SWIFT? Can't they just wire each other money? Again, oversimplification coming, but here's kind of why. To make any transaction, two banks need to talk to each other, right? And they have to have an agreed-on method of talking. That agreed-on method 
is almost always SWIFT. You can have an easy agreed on method if there's only two banks, but remember there's 11,000 banks. So it's great to be like, you know what? I can't keep track of all the rules of 11,000 different banks. Let's all agree on a standard. That standard has become SWIFT. If one bank just decided that, you know what? I don't want to use SWIFT anymore. I'm tired of this. The other bank could say, well, then I don't want to talk to you anymore. I don't want to take your transactions. That's too complicated. Uh, there are, of course, ways around that. Let's say the I don't want to use SWIFT bank anymore, the non-SWIFT bank, can find a third bank that does use SWIFT, but will also agree to message in another way to broker the transaction. And uh, we'll explain a few of those actual other ways uh, shortly. But there might be a scenario where I don't know. Uh, there's a, a Russian bank that wants to send money to a German bank. And so they find a Chinese bank uh, that'll broker the transaction. In that scenario, the non-SWIFT bank will send the message to the SWIFT bank through another means. And then that third bank sends a message to the SWIFT-only bank to complete the transaction. Now, that probably means the money has to also be settled through that route as well, which further complicates things. The charges for such transfers will be quite a bit higher. You'll, you'll have a charge along the way, and there might be more than just one bank in our oversimplified uh, example here. So the transaction is going to take quite a bit longer, and it's going to cost you more. There are alternative systems to using SWIFT, as I mentioned. These are usually being developed by countries who don't want to depend on SWIFT because it's heavily influenced by European and U.S. banks. China has the Cross-Border Interbank Payment System, or CIPS. India operates the Structured Financial Messaging System, or SFMS. And Russia, just in 2014, started operating the SPFS, which, if you translate it from Russian, stands for System for Transfer of Financial Messages. China's and India's are small. But they have a little bit of operation internationally. They have a few benefits that they try to offer that maybe SWIFT doesn't offer or isn't as good at. Uh, Russia's system operates almost entirely within Russia. Banks can also use settlement systems like Fedwire or the Clearinghouse Interbank Payment System called CHIPS, but they are not as widely used for messaging as SWIFT because they're meant for settlement. However, blockchain-based systems are also being tested as a way to simplify even more than SWIFT has. There are multiple regional tests that use a central bank digital currency for cross-border transactions. And since 2012, there's been a blockchain-based system called Ripple that is a series attempt to replace SWIFT with a blockchain-based system. Ripple claims near-instant and low-cost transactions as its advantage. The main advantage of a system like Ripple would be efficiency and low cost. Does that sound familiar? Because SWIFT's benefit when it was launched was simplicity and, well, swiftness. But as time goes on, SWIFT has been criticized for not moving with the times swiftly enough. The rise in automated transaction has raised costs and slowed down the system a little. So Swift launched an upgraded system around 2018 called Global Payments Innovation, GPI, which sped things up significantly. Swift claimed the hundreds of banks using GPI saw payments completing within 30 minutes. And Swift has talked about possibly implementing a blockchain solution of its own. For now, SWIFT is still the dominant way financial institutions communicate transactions. And if a bank can't use SWIFT, it's going to slow it down. It's going to cost it more. That's a fast explanation of SWIFT. In other words, I hope you know a little more about SWIFT. SWIFT. 